0: Came up with this sort of cheesy tagline. Something we really believe in, though. It's we want to see the whole church whole again. All right, here with uh, Brother Gene Pike on the Whole Church Podcast again. I'm Joshua, as hopefully you know, and we have a live audience, Tiberius Swan Blackwell. Hi. Huh. <laughs> uh, he just here helped me set up and spend the weekend with me. Uh, Brother Gene here. I've known you for for a good while now. Right.
1: Since
0: little. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we went to Harvest Ministries right after we lived in Florida I think I was 9 or nine or 10 when we moved up here and I've known you guys, uh, spent a lot of time with the pastor's son, Cameron And then your granddaughter, Ashlyn And we had our own little group of people with us, a few others So it was good hanging out with them and growing up And here we are now talking about the ministry Just kind of stayed with the church This same church I've been at for, say I was 10 then, so it's been what, like 17 like years? A years. Yeah, I've, I went to Wilmington in Charleston and been a couple places, but always end up back here. <laughs> it's a good church. Yes. Yeah. Love the pastor. He was on the first episode, and we just talked about Jesus, which, you know, it's a good thing to talk about, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's all about him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, one thing we'd we'll like to ask everybody before we really kind of get into it is I think most people want to see the church in unity. You know, everybody wants the whole church to be getting along, but we don't necessarily always see that. Have you ever seen anything like, you know, any tension or anything that we're like, man, why can't we just look past that?
1: Yeah, I think that's typical in, in any church. You're, you're going to have times of, of tension, times of disagreement. But the main thing is, is having a relationship with the Lord and, and uh, loving your brothers and sisters and, and be willing to disagree with each other and still love each other.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've we talked about that a few times before. And I was, I was talking to my brother the other day, which hopefully he'll be on one of these podcasts eventually. We were just talking about how a lot of times it's almost like people are complacent. You know, like they get bored. It's like we fight because we're not really doing anything. If people were out on mission really doing stuff, like what you're doing at the mission house, you don't really have time to argue as much. You know, it's like we're busy doing stuff. I'm not going to argue with you about the color of the carpet when... We're trying to help kids in another country, you know. Like that's just a bigger issue. I think mean, we keep our focus straight. I think that helps with the unity.
1: Oh, absolutely! And uh, I, I haven't found time uh, to <laughs> really uh, dwell on those matters because I seem like ever since the Lord <laughs> saved me, He's just kept me busy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and I know. I've- been trying to find time to meet with you for a while. You just you stay busy. So I think we mentioned it a couple times before the Mitch mission house on here. Because so I just think it's such a cool ministry that you do. Like it's it's just neat how it all happened and how it worked out.
1: It is amazing how the Lord got me involved in
0: this. Oh yeah, and it uh, so that started with you went I actually did go on a mission trip to Peru, right?
1: Yes, in two thousand seven. Uh, I think the earthquake there was uh, in August, and I went there in October. Two months or a couple months later, and uh, it changed my life. Uh, I'd never seen so much devastation in all my life, and uh, uh, I'll never forget the uh, first day we got there. And we got off the airplane, and we got in the uh, national overseer's car, and we drove to the first church uh, in Sarasu, and the church had uh, been completely destroyed, along with the pastor's home, and When I got there, the members had thrown the bricks to either either side of the uh, church. and made an aisle right down the middle of those bricks, and they were worshiping God. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me, and I just wept. I said, because even if it rains or we got bad weather... (laughs) Here in the United States we we have an excuse for not going to church, yeah. but here were these people <laughs> worshiping God and, and all their homes had been destroyed, but they were still worshiping God <laughs> in America if we're just slightly inconvenienced. that's enough for us to not go to church, but you know other yeah, countries
0: sleepy enough
1: yeah but man other countries they'll do pretty much anything to
0: worship God. just nothing stops them. yeah it is crazy. And that's it's actually something that um, Francis Chan talks in about in his book, Letters to the Church. Just in the intro, he's talking about you know, he used to be in charge of this big mega church, and he felt all this conviction, and whenever he went to other countries, he said he was actually more afraid to come back to America, because at other countries, he was like, it was just people cared so much more about church. He's like, we cared more about it. He's like, I was afraid to come back, which I thought was just just crazy to me. I was like, well, America's nice, though. <laughs> But you know, sometimes I think it's it's nice to have the priority straight. It's almost nicer than the conveniences. And I think that's kind of yeah. Point. What
1: I what I found with the the people over there, uh, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, is that uh, they have nothing except for Jesus. Most of them had one change of clothes. They lived dirt floors, and, and so they they go to church
0: almost every day, which is. Neat. You know, I remember it used to be more like that, I feel like. Even in America. Like I know growing up I remember I was at the church a lot more and I was like, you know, it's other people think it's weird we have Sunday night services. You know? Yes. I was well, like, what happened to everyday services?
1: <laughs> absolutely. I I know in the nineteen seventies it was nothing to have three or four services a week and uh and stay in church uh until
0: midnight. Oh yeah. People just uh Overwhelmed
1: in the spirit of God.
0: Well, I remember one year at at the camp, we actually we went to a different campsite for Camp Agape one year. Yeah, it was it was a great year. I mean, it was kind of a bad year for me. That was the year
1: I grew up everywhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I know TJ Tiberius from camp. So, but yeah, that that year at camp when we were at the other campground, it was uh, my dad's. I think it was his birthday or something. There was something he was celebrating, and we were up. It was just the staff, like, not even all the staff. It was, like, four of us. And we were just having, a, like, a spontaneous prayer moment. It was, like, two or three in the morning when we were done. And that was like, well, this is how I wanted to celebrate anyway. I was like, all right. <laughs> but, it was, you know, it is a thing. We're like, I, I think there's still a few who really love it, who really just genuinely love when you're so wrapped up in it. It's two and three in the morning, and you're just – that was great. Oh, yes. But – I don't think that's a majority anymore. No,
1: not definitely not here in America. I, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of it over
0: overseas. Man, that's cool. So one thing to do with that, I like to read books while we're on the podcast. Just I think books are important, and I want to get people reading more. So again, you know, the letters to the church, Francis Chan, which I plan on trying to get him on this podcast eventually. He just doesn't know that I plan having him on. The- <laughs> Uh, but so, he's, uh, so these are just different observations of what the Bible says the church should be like. And uh, he's talking here, and he says, It's no secret that most people who attend church services come as consumers rather than servants. Which I feel like it's just a really sad statement. I think that's what we're talking about. You know, in America, we're more, is it convenient? Are the chairs comfy? Is the temperature right? Does it look right? How's the pastor going to help me, you know?
1: Do I like the message?
0: Yeah. Do I? Yeah, yeah. do I enjoy it? Yeah, more than anything else. And then if they do, they'll put enough in the offering plate. And then we all just kind of check like a business, you know. It's like we just checked everything off. And then, but uh, he goes on. He's talking about he's talking about James four seventeen says so. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, him it is sin. Of course, the rest of the book of James is all talking about action, doing stuff. Um, James one, he says, um, be hearers of the word, be doers of the word, and not just hearers. Whoever hears the word and does not do it is a liar. And then he says, true religion is this, those who help the orphans and help the widows. And he's, you know, the whole book's about action. And then he says, if you know the right thing to do and you're not doing it, that's sin. And uh, what Francis Chan says about that, he says, and of course, he's talking about American churches again. He says, we confront sexual immorality in our churches because we are commanded to live holy lives. The adulterous person does not represent Christ well. I think most people agree with. Then he says, but neither does the consumer, talking again about that person who just comes to church to see if they like it. It's a sin that has to be confronted if we want to give the world an accurate representation of the body of Christ. And if we really loved our brothers and sisters, shouldn't we be encouraging them to repent? And I think it almost seems harsh to call it a sin, but it is that. And I think seeing those children and other stuff is, for you, I'm sure, is one of those where you're almost even more able to see it, you're like, oh, why aren't we doing this? So that's that's good to hear you say. That's, it's neat. And I think you really have been a doer of the word, just hearing parts of your stories. And I'm like, man, I'm just excited for people to hear it and just be inspired by it. So you went to Peru. You saw all this. And um, specifically, did, did you see some of the children that we now help? Do you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, I remember my first day I knew that I couldn't uh, really eat the food there. There was no sanitation. I mean, it was just really horrible situation. The stench was, was terrible. And uh, I had carried some packs of crackers in my backpack so that I'd have <laughs> something to eat. Yeah. And uh, I went there, and these children just surrounded me. And the pastor there said uh, they haven't had anything to eat for three days. My crackers didn't last very long. All I could do was give them. <laughs> Give them one cracker a piece, but I went through a whole big pack of crackers that I carried <laughs> in just a few minutes, and, and all. And uh, so we went, we went, and bought some food. We found a place that we could buy some food, some rice and oil and things like that. But the children, they just just overwhelmed you, and, and uh, you know, smiles on their faces, even though they were hungry, they were glad to yeah. see us and and loved on us and. To the point that Brother Ronnie went with me, and they just almost literally pulled us to the ground, just loving <laughs> on us. They were so That's thankful awesome. for one little cracker or one little piece of candy, uh, and uh, uh, it seems like it's uh, you know pretty much that way everywhere I go in, uh, in the country of Peru.
0: Man, of
1: course, the people are the same way. They love yeah. on me too.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: The pastor at Cerro Azul, uh, hes famous for his bear hug. He just <laughs> weeps and and grabs you and just squeezes you and and loves on you, uh, thanking us uh, so much for you know what we've been able to to do there.
0: And of course, we we've done a lot in Peru, and uh, hopefully, you know, we have Brother Baker or somebody on talk more just about yes. Peru because that's it is just really neat that. Everything we're able to do in the country as far as sending people over and going back and forth and helping them and the church there, it's great stuff. Yeah, he has
1: more on the history of the the Linda Baker School, the building of it, the funding of it, and, and all. of course, we continue to to send funds even for the uh, school that was built there, but he he certainly can give you more information (laughs) on
0: that. He's he's great. I think we've had him on back when it was the the Team Zao podcast or might have been New Life Health Ministries podcast then. Yeah, it, it's been a while, but we we've had him on the podcast before, and, and yeah, we, we need to have him on just just to talk about Peru. But uh, so you went and you went with him and a, a group of other people, right? Uh, Ronnie Passmore,
1: Ronnie uh, Passmore, Deacon yeah. here at the church, uh, and I
0: went uh, for that trip. We went for
1: twenty one days. Wow, at our first trip. I yeah. came home for about ten oh. days, and went back for nineteen more days. Uh, I, I was commissioned to to go in to uh, preach uh, or build by day and preach by night. Uh, but there was no electricity there and it was cold and the people couldn't hardly get out at night. Man. And so uh had to do most of my work during the day and and uh, uh, didn't do a whole lot of preaching, didn't do a whole lot of building, did a lot of supporting and coordinating yeah. <laughs> and all, uh, of the buildings. We was actually building a church. Uh, rebuilding a church that was destroyed at the time. So I was helping to oversee that. And we was doing street ministry and seen hundreds and hundreds come to the Lord. And we was able this to organize, in uh, them two trips, we was able, able to organize two churches with 35 members each. Wow. That's I mean, as much as my church.
0: <laughs> That's crazy, though. <laughs> yeah, it Man. was amazing. I mean, it was literally, it was
1: a 10-day period we organized two churches with 35
0: members. Wow. But then, so you come back to the States after all this, and uh, see I, I don't know if I completely have the story straight. I know you come back here, and our church was giving to help give food to the kids in Peru.
1: Yes. Uh, initially, there was over $100,000 that was given to the relief effort, and then we had budgeted uh, here at the local church uh dollars 50000 somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. Far outspent that amount that was budgeted. Yeah. But um, uh the local church, then, I, I gave them my report. Ronnie gave them his report. Yeah. And we just started uh helping one of the pastors there. Uh, her home was almost completely destroyed. Her church was completely destroyed. But she set up some tables. She found a little food around the, uh, the area, and she started feeding homeless children wow. in, in that area. And so we started supporting her and sending her money so that she could buy food. And be able yeah. to feed even more children.
0: Yeah. And, and see, I still have that just that picture of the kids lining up for the crackers, and I'm like, "Man, okay, so this is actually this is important." And we're like, "Yeah, we're we're on board for this." And then some something happened, right? Where like the church wasn't able to give as much as they wanted to, or
1: yeah, uh, what happened is we had a uh, local church. Uh, Uh, in the area that the pastor got deathly sick. He eventually did die. And uh, Mm -hmm. so the congregation began to drop off and the finances began to drop off. And the overseer just asked our local church if we would become a mother church of that. And so we had to direct our mission money uh, towards keeping this church open.
0: And And that's a church here in South Carolina, Yes,
1: Yes, it was. And... uh, you know, when the pastor told me what we had to do and I, under- and I certainly understood it and supported it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, my heart was just broken for these children because I, I know that uh, most of them only got one meal a day and it was the meal that we were feeding them. And I just, I began to cry out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I cannot let these little children go hungry. Yeah. Show me how we can take care of these children. And in a matter of days, God opened up a miraculous door that has just expanded and expanded beyond <laughs> imaginations. Yeah.
0: And that's um You're talking about how you were you were you were locate, working with Lowe's at the time? Yes.
1: I uh I went and worked for Lowe's and um uh, was doing facility maintenance there. And I noticed every day they were throwing just great merchandise in, in the trash. And so uh, I asked them if there was any way I could just get the cans of paint that they were throwing away yeah. and um so they they agreed to let me have cans of paint so uh I took them down the street here to a local flea market uh <laughs> and my wife and I began to sell pan cans of paint for a dollar two dollars a gallon yeah. and uh to raise money to feed these children. And it wasn't long after that that uh, uh, they started giving me some other merchandise. And so it it's got all mixed.
0: Stuff where it was like little dents in the can or something. Yes.
1: Else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or uh, they mixed it and they got the wrong color. Yeah. Or uh, or uh, on the other merchandise, it, it got uh, scratched or it got returned and the customer said there was a problem with it. And when we checked it out, there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it, it just began to grow from there, and we went from the back of my pickup truck uh, to uh, uh, I had a car, a twelve foot cargo trailer, and I began Man. to fill it up and carry it over there to sell it out of my Man. cargo trailer and the back of my truck.
0: <laughs> and then one day, and I feel like I remember some of this. Our, our church did a big yard sale, and that was before we had the mission house or anything. What I'm thinking did not we do like a yard sale in like the parking lot here uh, like everybody kind of was just pitching in I'm thinking that we did but i i'm just
1: not really i'm not really clear <laughs> on that I, okay. I i know i go from, from that and let me say this uh my wife is, has helped me from day one and i am so <laughs> thankful for her and also angela my my daughter you mentioned oh, yeah. uh uh she is she has been involved in it ever since uh i <laughs> was able to acquire oh, yeah. merchandise, and so I'm just I'm thankful for my family and how they have supported me in this. It's but, a great family, but we went from my cargo trailer and my truck to Springdale till I think it was about March or April of 2013. Now this was 2011, yeah. so two years later, it it just grown to such uh, capacity that I said I've I've got to have a facility, and the church local church bought the property next door, and so I just mentioned to so the pastor, and he thought it was a great idea. Let's open it up as a mission house and, and sell the merchandise from it. Yeah.
0: And that turned into like a once-a-month thing on Saturday, first Saturday of the yeah. month?
1: Once, once a month. And uh, uh, in the last two years, it had grown so much that a few days a week, I was starting to open up and just not really advertise it, but some of my contractors that was buying from me yeah. began to buy from me and uh, uh, it's really outgrowed even outgrown that and I knew we had to do something and we yeah. needed we needed an outlet that we could sell out of every day
0: and that was just this year that we got the store right? January
1: the 2nd we uh, we opened up uh MH outlet uh right down the road from us and the lord is just is just blessing it uh, merchandise has been rolling but let me let me say this let, Here's, here's how things kind of worked through that process. We do get a lot of merchandise, but I had a situation right in uh, during that period of time where one of the managers decided that uh, Lowe's wasn't supposed to donate to churches. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I was only getting two churches, yeah. I mean, two, uh, two stores. I was picking up two stores a week, and um, she put into it for about two weeks. And I met with the uh, general manager, uh, and the uh, loss prevention manager came in, did an audit of everything, and says, "Of course, we could donate to churches. It's, it's in the manual." Well, I had already read their manual, so I knew it was there. <laughs> this manager yeah. just—I don't know what—for some reason, it, it was—it was the devil trying to stop the program because he <laughs> saw what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and so. Uh, he tried to stop it. Well, to make a long story short, I went from two stores in just a matter of a few weeks to six stores.
0: Wow. <laughs> and then I went from
1: six stores to 13
0: stores wow. in a year's time. And are we we at 13 now? We're at 13 stores now. Wow. Wow. And so it started as you giving crackers to some kids. Yeah. Turned into, once once the church had to redirect their funds to help another church turned into you taking paint cans and selling them for a dollar at a flea market, which eventually led to the Mission House where you're you know, given mostly to contractors. And now a Mission House opens up once a month and HM Outlets getting 13 stores to donate just so you can get food to these kids.
1: Yes, and, and it's expanded from that because now with the outlet store, uh, two weeks ago we bought our first tractor trailer truckload of merchandise. At five cent on the dollar. So wow, the Lord is is just uh, continues to bless. And uh, it's just going to be mind-boggling what we're going to be able to raise for mission. Let me say that we're not just uh, supporting missions in in, in Peru. Of course, we support missions in other countries. But primarily from this money, we have been supporting uh, Peru. But in the last two years, we've also given... uh, I believe it's about seventy five thousand dollars towards the new camp camping facility in Marietta, South Carolina. Which and is so we're hoping to give another twenty five thousand here, a hundred thousand dollars towards so wow. we're we're focused on helping children here also in the United States. And it's also opened up doors that the local church can do more for uh, the local community and boys' homes and crisis pregnancy center and various organizations like that that are doing great work and so that's it's been a blessing not just for peru but it's been a blessing locally and uh throughout
0: the state of south carolina well and even even outside of that you know just people who trying to find stuff for their home and they're able to you know we had some stuff i I worked it was it last month i think i was there and we had uh all these just just tables and like dressers and stuff I was like, wow. I I for the longest time I thought, you know, you were doing just doing like, you know, the paint and just like the little stuff. And I was like, cool. oh. Well, they have straight up cabinets.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh we we get a lot of uh just about anything low sales, we get. Oh yeah.
0: Well, uh, and then even more than that, what what's funny is I know I bought something for once from the mission house without having been at one of the yard sales. I was just someone at the church happened to know it was there. I was like, hey, you should give us a couple dollars for this. And it was uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the whole set, the big book. <laughs> oh, just one of my favorite books. I was like, Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so that's that's crazy. Just and that's um the the books and stuff that those don't come from Lowe's. Those are just people just give them to you.
1: No, uh, Lowe's
0: actually sells
1: books and what? magazines too. So we yes, they do. <laughs> Lowe's is they sell furniture. You name it, they sell it. Uh, they uh, may not stock Lowe's it in, Lowe's in the
0: home store, <laughs>
1: but you can order it. And then a lot of times the customer ordered the wrong thing, and so the, the manufacturer says, "Don't ship it back to us. Donate it or throw it away." Well, then, <laughs> what is a improvement? <laughs> put good books,
0: use? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, that but, is home improvement?
1: Yeah, books. <laughs> but we do have a, we do have a, quite a few people that that donate items to us, also. Yeah, in the public.
0: Oh yeah, and I know the church has been completely behind it. Everyone's supporting it, and it's it's just great. And you know, I am. It's one of those things that I get excited about because I don't think there's anybody, even like from other denominations. I don't think someone at a Methodist or Baptist church is listening to this, going, "What do they mean they're helping children in Peru?" You know, everybody's like, "Oh, this is great!" Like everyone can get behind this. I think it's just awesome.
1: Yeah, it, it makes me feel good because people, you know, that's the first thing I said. I think you ought to be helping children here, and but and here's the bottom line: Harvest Ministry does. Oh yeah. This just frees up the budget. So where the church budgets thirty-five to 50000 a year for, for uh, missions, that mission is local and domestic, yeah. I mean, and uh, international. And so it frees up the church money to be able to do more. And we're able to still do the, do the ministries in Peru. Yeah. And like I said, even now, supporting the building of the camping facility for, for children. That's and it's going to be awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, what so it is. it's
1: just not done. <laughs> yeah, we we it's visited it.
0: Done. It's a good, it's a good camp. Oh, well, my first about
1: remarks it. when I went to it and saw the cabins, I said, "We're gonna spoil these kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, no, we've uh, stayed the, the, the night long. once as a youth group from Harvest. Oh, okay, and it was it was insane. I was like, "Whoa, well, oh, well, this there's is our place in here." Yeah, yeah. Well, because our our old campground at Batesburg, it's just you know, it's it's a, it's a great campground, building. but it was a great campground. However, like decades ago that yeah, they like built 60, it, sixty years ago. Yeah. Yes. Now it's like it's still good, but it smells like chicken poo, and it's it's a little outdated. <laughs> so I'm excited for the new stuff. Which glad we get to be a part of helping that with the mission house and at our church here, Harvest Ministries. You know, love this church. Um, you talked a lot about budget. You actually did write a book as well. I don't want to talk about that, yeah. but you did. You did write. Um, what's it? Get that monkey off your back.
1: Get that monkey off my back.
0: Okay. Yeah. So how to
1: how to get out of it? How to stay out of it? <laughs> a lot of people can get out of it, but staying out of it
0: is is a key. that's the trick <laughs> oh that that's good that's good though uh, so if people wanted to check that out check out gene Pike's book so that's good um what uh what led you to read a finance book is that i know you mostly do construction
1: well I was uh here on staff for many years uh yeah. um as a volunteer for many years and then for three years uh after the 2008 uh economic collapse yeah. uh the church brought me on and because they knew they are just going to be overwhelmed with people in need and so um, you know based of, uh, upon my experience here uh working with people and um and seeing the financial situations that they had plus I went through it myself and yeah so I wrote the book uh based on my own experience I did not intend to write a book uh on finances I had about six other books on my heart that I wanted wow. to write yeah. and still haven't wrote them yet. Can't find time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, just uh, it was like the war just pressed me really hard in my spirit when I started writing uh, that I was to write on finances.
0: Wow. And I love the cover for that book. <laughs> it's just a picture of you. and It's like a, like an orange, like Rangatang. Yeah. 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 I didn't
1: did like the picture, but you didn't, uh,
0: no, I, that was <laughs> I had about
1: four or five pictures that uh, uh, Robbie Sistar, uh, my uh, wife's uh, uh, niece's uh, husband, uh, took of me. Yeah. And so I laid them out to the employees at Lowe's because I was writing, I was finishing writing the book on my breaks at Lowe's <laughs> at my yeah. lunchtime. And so I allowed them to choose the picture. That's the picture that they chose. The last. <laughs> Picture. I did want it all. <laughs> I did want this. This is how it
0: works. If you let someone else choose. Like they're gonna choose one you like the least. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good picture though. It made me laugh. <laughs> oh man. So we had that book. Um how did if anybody wants to follow the Mission House Ministry or be a part of it or support it in any way and they're listening, how how could they do that even if they're not necessarily right here in South Carolina? Is there a way for them to uh right now we don't
1: have a website up for yeah. for the mission house uh everything has been going through the church website the announcements uh of when the uh the work is yeah. or when the sales is going to be and all uh it's all been done through the church website and, uh, yeah I hope, and I hope to soon have a website up oh, for yeah. the mission house that it would be able to contact but right now to have church contact yeah. harvest Ministries church yeah,
0: that's harvest Ministries dot is our website yes. yeah um Okay, is there any way on the website, or do you happen to know how much we have been able to raise for Peru and other things like that? Like all together since you started it, if you had uh, any- uh,
1: well over half a million dollars. Wow. Um, uh, pr- probably closer to three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, just just since January the second, with opening up the new store, uh, we have done um, uh, let's see, sixty, sixty, about sixty seven thousand dollars
0: man Mm -hmm. that's awesome yes it is That's awesome so there's that so if there's anybody else again you know just out there listening somewhere and they're thinking that's really cool they want to be able to do something like that what's the first step you think for everybody they just start trying to get paint cans or do you have advice if someone wanted to start something like this
1: (laughs) do a lot of research up front i mean really (laughs) unless you have a word from the lord and God, and there was no doubt about it to me, God just opened those doors. I prayed and he opened up the doors um, and just happened to be in, in the right place at the right time yeah. because other other groups had tried to, you know, to do the same thing and not been able to get in. Uh, but God opened those doors. But I don't want to discourage anybody. Um, certainly um, do a lot of research. It does take a lot of labor. Uh, my wife yeah. says you're supposed to be retired and you're working more hours now than you was when you was employed. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, just uh, research it out and uh, uh, realize that it it does take a lot of labor uh, to be able to accomplish it and just make friends, make Make friends. And and, uh, that's what happened. A lot of my friends talked for me. That's how (laughs) it it was able to expand from store to
0: store to store. So just, the right connection. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. So, with that in mind, what's um, what's the what's the future of this ministry? Do we see the Mission House open for the next twenty years? Do we see it? I mean, obviously, we're never going to solve the issue of hunger in Peru, right. but no, that's <laughs> <laughs> But what is a uh, what do we see in the future of this
1: ministry? Well, uh, my vision is a much larger facility here on the church property um that would not only house sales for for the mission but it would also uh include a food bank and a clothing bank so that we could minister uh even more locally here um and, uh, so we are the store that we are currently currently leasing is a test for yeah that if i can Prove to the church that it, it can sustain itself and provide uh, plenty of funds towards mission, then they have committed to uh, build a facility. Wow. For, for us. And so over the next 20 years, um, it's unlimited. Yeah. With man. the right uh, volunteers and all, it, it could s- expand. It could become another habitat for humanity with the right leadership, obviously, I'm not that person, but <laughs>
0: uh, listen, you brought it this far, man. you see it out
1: no i don't I don't take I really don't take credit for it. I'm not that smart, but the Lord is an awesome God, and he cares about people and if we are willing to be a service, He will use us for whatever purpose that he has and he wants he wants to bless
0: people man and that's bring it all the way back around to the book that's where god wants servants not consumers yes and that's one thing i see a lot in you and i think that's something the biggest thing you know, just doing a couple and I haven't done a whole lot so far, but, you know, just you and my parents and just a couple others. But talking to a guy from Proverbs 226, it's really cool ministry. I'll tell you more about that later. I won't bore them on the podcast. I'll have to hear a whole thing about it later. <laughs> but it's one thing I, I have noticed. It's just this. When you get that heart of a servant, when you get there, you just want to serve. And it's not about being successful and you didn't start off with a, let's start a successful ministry. And it's just, you were so broken about something, you had to do it. That's when stuff seems to take off. Yes. And that's just powerful to hear.
1: God did something in my heart when I went through that would have never happened if I had not went through. And... um there have been many days that I didn't feel like I could go. And uh you know, those here at the church knows that I've had heart problems. Uh, wound up getting three stints. What they don't know is that uh days before the pastor, you know, was constantly telling the people don't let Brother Pike pick up because I was I was suffering. I was absolutely yeah. suffering. Uh but it was like the Lord would just give me a burst of energy on the cell days to do what needed to be do- done. And so finally I, did, I uh, went back to my heart doctor and uh, that's when he found out that I had 85% blockages and I wound up getting three stints. Man. And uh, I told a pastor, Pastor, now you know the power of God. I said, because with three uh, blockages, 85%, I could not on my own strength be able to do what I've been able to do. And every day I give God <laughs> praise and glory because I know that it's only through his strength that I'm able to do this. And I guess he allows this in on me to keep me humble. So no, it's not Gene Pike doing this. It's the Lord God Almighty that's doing this. And yeah. I give him all the praise and the glory. I'm just here for as long as he's willing to use me.
0: Yeah, glory to God, man. That's God is good. Yes, He is. Didn't I teach you that at camp? You're supposed to say all the time. Yeah, oh, all the time. God and all good. the time, God is good. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> oh man, that's it's a powerful story, though. And that, thanks for sharing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just you hope
1: it blesses that. somebody. Encourages If Nothing
0: you. else it bless me, man.
1: And a bunch of fruit
0: whole bunch of peruvian people man that's that's fantastic they love me i love them. <laughs> oh man that's good thanks again for listening to the podcast this is your host joshua speaking and just want to remind everyone that if you follow us on here or if you follow us at our website teamsout.net that we consider you part of our team and part of our family and you mean a lot to each and every one of us on the team and we also want to remind everyone of all the many ways to get a hold of us. You can get to us through our website, teamsal.net, or through our email, thewholechurch at gmail.com. Also, there's plenty of ways to follow us, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play, even. We're on pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast follow us there, and we ask everyone to please leave a review so that we know how we're doing and so that others can see the podcast. The more reviews, the easier it is for people to find us, and that allows us to spread the word of how we want to see the whole church hold again, and spreading the word is key to accomplishing our mission. Also, another way you can follow us is on Patreon.com. We have a following on there that allows you to spend $3 a month, helps support us and sustain this podcast, and uh, lets you have some bloopers some extra content and as well as personal letters from me and other members of our team as time goes on thank you all again